I hear a lot of agents uh, talk about what is important to loan officers and what they would like. And so I was like, huh, why don't I just get a loan officer and like, <laughs> have a come I appreciate it. And then, yeah, man. Hey everybody, welcome to the Blip Podcast where we help agents build successful agencies. I'm your host, Josh Berg, and before we get started, if you haven't subscribed to the podcast or our YouTube channel, please do so. Um, leave a review or a comment. Um, it really, really helps us reach more people, which is the whole point of the show. We want to help as many agents as possible. So thank you for that right off. But today I've got Brian Ford with Nova Home Loans with me. Uh, Brian's been a loan officer for eight years and I've known him, Brian, what, for six? Yeah, probably. Something like that. Well, man, thank you for being on the show. I really, really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Um, so uh, everyone listening, I wanted to have Brian on to kind of give you, me, more of an inside look as to what the process looks like when somebody's getting a home or refinancing their loan. I thought it would be helpful for us since we are in the insurance industry and we are a part of that process, but I think a lot of us don't fully understand what it looks like, what goes into it on the um, loan officer's end. And then I wanted to get Brian's take on a lot of stuff that that a lot of different angles we try as insurance agents to get business and to see kind of really what's important to a loan officer. So that being said, Ryan, again, welcome. Thank you. And why don't you start off, just kind of give us a brief history of, of what brought you into doing mortgages and, and how you got to where you are today. Sure. Thanks, Josh. Yeah. So I, started working in the mortgage industry full-time in 2011. I started with one of the larger national banks. Um, I worked, I worked there and then actually moved to a, to a different bank and found that, um, I was, I was pretty intrigued by the, by the lenders that are more on a local level. They're just specific to mortgage lending, not a large national uh, banking institution as a whole. So, um, my, my career kind of evolved into being more of a local, what we call a correspondent lender, which a lot of people would think of similar to a broker and that we just do mortgages. Um, the difference with a correspondent lender is that we process and underwrite all of our, all of our loans in house. So we have a little bit more control over the process that way. So I've been on this side of the business for about four years now and it's, okay. it's been going really well. Nice. What, what would you say or what type of, of loan officer are you? Would you say you're kind of run of the mill? Would you say you're above average and as much, how much business you close below average? Um, like, do you, yeah, let's start there. Yeah. Good question. So um, my team and I, we're, we're not doing tons and tons of loans. We're not the big like monster heavy hitting producers, but uh, we do really well. And, and we found a good balance where, okay we can give every client a very personalized, exceptional experience, um, but we can also run enough transactions to help a lot of families and, and support yeah. our own families. Nice. So we're, um, um, if, we're, if we're stacking up against other loan officers, we're probably, you know, mid to, to high average, if you will, yeah. from a production cool. standpoint. Okay. Um, and then uh, another thing I wanted to ask you was, 
technology. Do you utilize that much in the loan process with your clients? Um, in what way? Elaborate on that just a little bit. Yeah, so I just kind of wanted to, to give everyone a feel for, because some of the questions down the road that I'll be asking are, are kind of like, you know, they have technology wrapped into them. So I'm just curious, like, would you consider yourself and the way you guys handle things fairly tech savvy? Like, do you use automation? Like, are you, um, or are you, you know, meeting with everyone face to face? Is every interaction a phone call? Like, do you, what does that look like? Like, do, do you do a lot of automated things, a lot of virtual things, or are you kind of, I guess, old school in that you want to shake people's hands? You want to, you know, sit down at their kitchen table? What does that look like? Sure. Yeah. Good, good question. So I would say we, we try to do a blend of both. Um, we, we leverage technology where we feel like it's efficient to do so. So if we have uh, clients that are working on something with their own financial situation and they're not quite ready, um, we have various drip campaigns built out on our CRM that, that keep touching them throughout the process just to, to let them know that we're here and, and giving them kind of educational tips along the way. But while we're in process with a client, um, my team and I, we, we prefer to be a little bit more hands-on, uh, more phone calls, more face-to-face meetings, because uh, when I was building my process and my system, I, I built it off of my own experience when I purchased my first home. Okay. And I, I felt kind of how, yeah, I was in the mortgage industry at that time, and I, I still felt a little bit overwhelmed with the process. I kind of felt the anxiety of trying to bring all of the pieces together with a home purchase. So in designing our system, I just wanted to make sure that we had had excellent communication and transparency throughout the process. So nobody was ever really wondering where they were, right? Yeah. So I would say from a technology standpoint, we are, we're making phone calls, we're sending text messages, we're keeping them looped in as we go. But then we do also have automated milestones that keep them updated as we move through the process. Cool. And all of our document process is virtual as well. So we're, we're e-signing through a web portal and that type of thing. So I'd, I'd say it's kind of a long answer to your question, but it's, nice. it's really a blend of both kind of new technology and, and more traditional, um, uh, more, more traditional process. Yeah. And that totally makes sense to me. I mean, I, the buying a home is such a big deal. It's such a large purchase. I would think somebody would want to, meet the person handling the transaction transaction for them, you know? And I think um, it's, it is, uh, makes it a little more difficult because you can only scale that so much if you're the person originating or producing that, that business. But, you know, if you just go as automated as, as possible as everything that's available out there, you would lose that personal touch and it would, I don't know. I don't know. I'm sure there's some balance in there. It sounds like you found it pretty well. Um, can you, we yeah. And I, well, I know you have, cause I know you, so. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that. Um, can you uh, take us through what a normal transaction looks like um, for a mortgage professional, for a loan officer, just so people can get a feel of, of, you know, what you are dealing with when somebody's buying a home? Yeah, absolutely. So, when somebody's buying a home, the, the most important part, in my opinion, is the pre-qualification up front. That's, that's a part that um, a lot of people tend to rush through because they're anxious to get the client out there shopping for a home. And yeah. while we definitely are not dragging our feet, we are being thorough in that part of the process. 
because it builds a really good framework around the options that the clients have, the, the price range they should be in, the payment range they should be in, um, the amount of money they need for a down payment and funds to close. We're really trying to dial all of that in on the front side. That way, when they go out shopping, one, they and their real estate agent are confident that the, that the price range that they're in is the right price range for them, right? Um, so we spend a lot of time and, and be very thorough on that pre-qualification stage. Then I work very closely with their real estate agent to help them run through loan and financing scenarios, payment scenarios, funds to close scenarios on specific properties that they're looking at because there's a lot of variance. Taxes are different from, um, from town to town, city to city. Um, HOA dues are different, the amount of money they right. need up front. So we're working very close to dial that in. And again, back to that transparent client experience, we just want to make sure there's no surprises throughout the process that yeah. we're not getting toward the end and going, oh, by the way, here's an extra $500 HOA fee we didn't know about, right? right, right. So, we're, so we're, we're working very closely with the client and their real estate agent in that front part of the process. Uh, once they identify the home, the real estate agent's helping them put together an offer. They negotiate with the sellers to come to terms. Once they come to terms on a deal, then, then we take over and start working on a loan approval from that standpoint. Um, from there, we're, we have a very systematic approach where it's, it's very much like a conveyor belt, if you will, that we're working through each step of the process, and it goes pretty much the same every time. Okay. Um, so my, that's, that's where I involve my team, and, and the, the process becomes a little bit more automated or streamlined at that point. Okay. I want to talk more about that. But um, one of the things you talked about was the, the pre-qualification stage when you're doing that. Um, you know, people who are wanting to go buy a house, they want that figure so they can go start shopping, right? And, and see all the homes Correct. they've been looking for online. Can I afford this or not? So you yeah. said that you guys tend, well, did you say you tend to take a little bit more time than probably the client wants just because they're so eager. If like, how, how long does that process actually take typically? Yeah, that's a good question. So no, we're, we're not taking a long time with that. And we do a good job of setting that expectation up front. So yeah. uh, some people will pride themselves on saying, Hey, I can prequal anybody in 15 minutes, right? Where right. you just, you just don't have enough time to really have a good understanding of their financial picture. So we're just explaining it to them on the front side that, hey, we're going to go through a pre-qualification. It's going to be thorough. I'm going to be asking you for your pay stubs and verification of the money that you have. We're going to get a copy of your credit report and, and really do a full review. And then the nice thing about, about our team is I have my underwriter in my office. So any questions that come up, we're vetting those on the front side. Um, that whole process from what I would call the client interview to the point where I'm issuing a pre-qualification letter is... 24 to 48 hours at the most. If, okay. if, if the client's ready and they have their, their paperwork ready to go and can get it to me same day, we're issuing the pre-qualification that same day. Got we're it. just not doing it like on a napkin at a restaurant. <laughs> you know, that's, that's, that's <laughs> yeah, where it yeah. varies a little bit. Okay. And then um, you said uh, after somebody basically is under contract on a home, that's when the process really kind of gets streamlined and it, it looks the same. Um, for most of your clients, what does that look like? Is it, I mean, how, how, yeah, I guess, what does that look like? Yeah, good question. So on my team, I have a, a processor, <clears throat> a processing assistant, an underwriter, and a closer. So those are, those are the four parties that are involved internally. 
And then externally, we're going to have a title rep and insurance agent like yourself. And then if there's an HOA or other other third parties involved, then we're we're looping them in as well. But so from so we get a copy of the contract, we input the details, and move the file over to our processor who works with the assistant processor to bring in things like insurance, title commitment, uh, start verifying any HOA dues, while the processor at the same time is going through and getting the file ready for our underwriter to review. So they're taking over where where we stopped with the pre-qualification and okay. adding in all of the kind of fine details, if you will. We've we've looked at everything on a macro level, like does their income work? Does the credit work? Do they have the money to close? Now we're going in and verifying earnest money, making sure that they've got a clear title, working through all of that process. So, so we have a very streamlined approach to that. Um, and you actually helped me with part of that process with you with building out um, kind of a more templated approach to some of those items so that because it's the same every time, we just have the system and the process built out. We're, we're just plugging in the information that's specific to that scenario. Um, so like in, in your case, if we're getting insurance quotes, um, you know, we can send a, a kind of a templated email out to the client saying, here's what insurance looks like. This is what you need to shop for. Here's a couple of options. Yeah. Um, when you, I know on the front end, when you're doing the pre-qualification letter, you'll use estimates for different things, right? Like, like the insurance and some other things. What figure do you use for insurance? <laughs> that's, that's a good question. And, <laughs> and you, can, you can probably correct me here. So um, if I have a, a client that's buying a home sub 300000 I'm usually in the six to $700 a year for a premium okay. range. Um, I'm really not basing that on anything, to be honest with you. It's just, in general, that seems yeah. to be about where they come back. Okay. Um, we always lead with the expectation that, hey, we're giving you an estimate. We're using this as a placeholder. Once you talk to an insurance agent and dial in a policy, it may be higher or lower than this figure. Yeah. Um, and, there, and there's a lot of variables that go into that, right? Yeah. But to answer your question directly, six to $700 if we're sub 300000 and then I go kind of seven to 900 if we're 300 to a million, you know, say three to five and five to seven, seven to a million. So you can maybe let me know a better way to estimate that. Yeah. Well, I mean, it really, I don't think that's bad, you know, um, for our area, I would say that's pretty standard, um, especially when you give them the, Hey, you know, this is subject to change after you actually talk to somebody who can get you something accurate. But, um, what, how, 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 in, like, I guess with one client, how much involvement do you have typically on that transaction? Like how much of your time would you estimate, estimate is spent working on one file? Not, That's not your a good question. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good question. So, so are you asking my time specifically or my team's yeah. time? Your time. Like, I'm curious, like as My a, time. well, let me ask you this. Would you say that your process um, is, um, is, I, don't, I wouldn't call it standard, but is it fairly normal in the industry to have the, the originator, the loan officer, the producer handle it up to the point of, uh, you know, a, a, a sale agreement, whatnot, and then a lot of other people get involved and you're not as hands-on because other people are better at that stuff. Is that pretty normal? Yeah. 
Yep, that's a good question. Different different teams will structure that differently, um, obviously, and and anywhere from the loan officer being involved up to pre-qualification and then out of the file after that to the loan officer being involved start to finish and being very hands-on. Um, my team and I have found kind of a blend in the middle of that where I stay involved through the whole process start to finish, right. but I, I, I stay in my lane, so to speak. So I, I let my processors do what they're good at because they're better at their job than I am. So yeah. I'm involved um, very heavily on the front side. Yep. And then as we're working through the process, I'm more, uh, the best analogy would be I'm quarterbacking the transaction. So I'm, yeah. I'm making sure that people are in the places they need to be in, that we're hitting the milestones on the timelines that we need to make sure that we're going to close on time. Um, so I'm getting involved if any of those things are getting squirrely or going sideways, or if my team is running into issues that, that, they, that they need my help on, that they can't address themselves and move forward. Yeah. We, I mean, we operate very similar, you know, like I'm pretty much aware of any issues that come up and am involved in trying to fix those, you know? Um, but in general, the people that we have on my team are much better at a lot of things than I am. Right. They are, yep. <laughs> they are better suited to handle those things. And so, um, yeah, that totally makes sense. I was just curious, like, how much time from an investment stand? Well, let me ask you this. How, have you ever had insurance blow up a transaction? Um, I have not, knock on wood. Um, yeah. And it's, uh, I'm just, I'm trying to think back through any transactions that could have gone sideways. I do know, like most things, when you get, when you get involved with, with larger companies there, they, they can become a little bit more cumbersome. I'm not, not saying all of them and not, uh, I hate to use that as kind of a general blanket statement, but sure. I do like working with people on a local level because I feel like you can pick up the phone and make a phone call and, and get somebody there's, there's less layers of minutia or process to go through. Yeah. So I would say I have had, I have had the insurance piece take more time and create more work for my team. Um, but I haven't really had insurance blow up the process. Got it. Okay. I've always wondered that because I think it's, it's something that I could see, like, you know, maybe the, the home insurance costs $2,000 a year as opposed to 600 and it throws off somebody's debt to income ratio. And now you can't close because it's unforeseen factor or whatever. I was just curious that ever happened, but um, that would be well, a pretty tight debt to income ratio, I think. Yeah. And I mean, and that can happen, but, because we know the range that we need to be in and we have trusted yeah. partners like yourself, it's, if we see that come back, it's, it's an easy conversation to have with a client to just say, Hey, you know, this looks a lot higher than normal. I'm, you know, I'm not an insurance expert. So um, your agent can either explain to you why, why the premium is so high and what coverage is included in that, or I'm happy to get you a couple of extra opinions. Yeah. And, and that way you have a way to compare just, just to make sure you're getting the right coverage at the right price. Um, gotcha. And if, and if, if the debt to income becomes an issue, we can say, well, why don't you review with your agent and make yeah. sure you've got the right coverages, but see if we can get into a range that kind of realigns our, our figures. Yeah. I mean like a little if bit higher helps. deductible, maybe there's some frills on there that really aren't needed by the client, something that makes sense. Um, Correct. Um, so with the insurance piece. So let's, let's kind of move on to that. 
um, and away from uh, like your background and how that transaction looks. What for you as the, um, the quarterback of this process, what's important to you when it comes to the insurance? Yeah, good question. So kind of back to my earlier statement about, you know, building my process around my own experience. For me, my clients are my, my, are my referral source. I have, I have realtor partners that I work with that trust me as, as one of their lender options. And then it, my clients, a lot of them will say, you know, Brian treated us like a friend. He treated us, you know, not like a transaction, but like somebody we knew. And, and that is intentional and by design just because I yeah. want this to be a good experience. I don't want it to be stressful. So um, anybody that we're referring needs to fit that mold. I need to know that if we're referring to them, that they're going to be responsive. They're going to explain the options. Um, they're going to educate the customer around, in, in your case, insurance and what that looks like. Yeah. Um, and as you and I have developed a relationship over the years, I've, I've, I've realized that you guys are really masters of your craft. So it's, it's easy for us to, to refer a client your way and just, and know that they're, you know, not only going to get a great policy at a great price, but also that they're going to have some understanding of what insurance is and what the different coverages do for them. Yeah. Um, so that the fact that that can be handled on its own and, and I can stay in my lane working on a loan approval, that's, that's the most important to us. Got it. Yeah. I mean, one of the things you mentioned in there that, we do our best, um, our best to, to handle new purchase clients that are purchasing a new home. We try to handle them a certain way, a little bit different than if somebody already has a policy in place. If somebody already has a policy in place and there's no immediacy and they're not going through this massive transaction where they're already having, I mean, their brain is probably on overload, especially if it's their first time home buyer. You know, there's so much that they're having to take in and deal with and, and learn new things. Like we really try to make that home insurance piece. We try to get, gather as much information as we can without having to, to get it from them. We try to make the transaction as easy and make them not have to think as much as possible right away, you know, yep. just because we know they're already <laughs> stressed out. They need, they don't need one more thing to stress them out. So we really, on that first part, we try to make it as quick and easy as possible, but still being thorough enough that, that the policy matches them. And I know some agents would balk at that because they're thinking like, well, I want to have them come into the office. I want to have them sit down and I want to go through their life history. I want to talk about their finances. I want to go through all this stuff. I'm like, man, to me, that is not the right time to do that. These people want to get into this yeah. home. They need a good policy to get it done. Have them come in later if you want them to come in, but just right now, bad timing. Um, yep. I agree but yeah, with that. so um, what I guess for your client, you, you kind of meant, touched on this a little bit, but for the client, you refer to the for the insurance or even for i don't know home inspection that sort of thing like what's the what's the main if there is one thing for the insurance what's the main thing that you're concerned about that client getting is it a good experience is it a good price is it speed to getting that you know that quote what is the main number one factor if you have one so the the main factor for me is that 
Um, I, I had somebody else tell me this uh, about a year ago, and it made a lot of sense. He said, uh, I, have to, I have to think about it. I have to paraphrase here a little bit, but but he, he essentially said, when <laughs> when you know when you're calling your insurance agent for a claim, you're not worried about what the premium is. You're worried yeah. about your coverage, right? And I and I thought that was um, I thought that was a great point because I think in yeah. our industry, a lot of people, all of us are, are kind of guilty of just focusing on price. Like, let's get them the lowest policy they can, right? Um, I have a, a loan officer that I work with her here and her house flooded. And she she called her agent and said, am I covered? And he said, you remember when I told you you needed that extra coverage? Aren't you glad you have it, <laughs> right? Aren't you glad I talked you into it? So, so, you know, I think back to your earlier point about about speed and keeping it simple. I agree with all of those things. I think um, a lot of times we think we have to bring a client in. We have to give them this huge explanation. Um, a lot of times they don't have that. And and in a transaction like this, where there is so much going on, they just don't have the bandwidth for it either. Right. So, yeah. I, so I think it's important to say, you know, here's some coverage options. You know, this is, this is really what you need to make sure you have good coverage at a good price and then turn that back to us quickly. So, yeah. You know, all of those things blended together are kind of make the the perfect insurance scenario for us. Um, do you care if um, the client that you refer is working with um, the agent that you have a relationship with, or are you okay with them working with a different staff person in that office? Um, like what, does that a concern to you at all? It, it depends on the staff person. And I, and I think that's, uh, I think that's very important for the agent. Uh, and I think you've done a really good job of this. You, you seem to bring people in that mirror you. So when, when I refer a customer your way and, and they, they call and get you or one of the agents in your office, the, the experience feels the same, not yes. only to me, but to them as well. So again, kind of kind of dancing around your question a little bit, but the answer is if if the experience is the same and and the customer feels comfortable and informed, it doesn't make a difference to me whether they're dealing with with you, the owner, or one of the agents in your office. Yeah. Um, so you have, you know, you and I have been working together for a while. What would it take for another insurance agent to like wow you because and and to actually like get a shot at your you know getting some referrals from you that sort of thing so i know that you've told me in the past you have um insurance agents pop by all the time and leave you know trinkets or you know some you know popcorn with like just popping by on or something <laughs> like that right something like that yeah what would it take for for somebody to get a shot at at your referrals um so it's it's interesting i've always i've never been a huge fan of the of the pot buys with trinkets or donuts or whatever and and i may be wrong in this but i know in our office when that happens uh, we get an email, hey, so-and-so dropped off donuts in the break room. Everybody goes, grabs donuts. Nobody grabs the card, and yeah. they're back to their desk. And, it, and, and I think while they're, you know, subconsciously, you may be, you may be absorbing that person's name and their company, and that way if, if you meet them in a networking event or they pop by your office, you're like, oh, yeah, and you kind of connect the dots. But I don't, for me, I don't see it 
I don't go, oh, you know, so-and-so brought donuts, so I'm going to send a referral to them. I, I never make that, make that correlation or that connection, right? So for me, I think it's, it's education in some way. So something I didn't know about insurance that's like, hey, we can do this and it's unique to us, right? That, that would get my attention. Or, you know, we work with a lot of loan officers and, and we partner with them to help mutually grow our business together in this way. Um, yeah. Those things are interesting to me because I'm like you and like, like most people, we're, we're busy. So we don't want to just sit down and just talk and hang out for the sake of just talking and hanging out. We yeah. want to go, you know, how can we mutually grow our business, make ourselves more efficient, provide more, more options to our clients. Yeah. If you, if you, if, if my office dropped the ball on something and it was like, ridiculous you're just like no way how did you mess that up right and you're like i i need a new person where would you go to find that person would you grab the card of whoever dropped off the last donuts right there or would you uh, reach out to colleagues and friends or how would you find another person to refer that to yeah that's a good question so you know and and, and dropping the ball and switching you know one thing that that I always keep in mind is everybody's human, right? So for me, uh, a mistake won't end a relationship. It's failure to correct the mistake, right? Yeah. Hey, Brian, we, we messed up, but here's our plan to fix it. Great. Let's keep the client on track, move the process forward, right? But if that didn't happen or it became a you know habitual thing or, or whatever, and I needed to look for a different option, it's, it's the people that I know, I would probably go to my colleagues first and say, you know, who do you use? Who's a good resource? Um, you know, but, but our industry, there's a lot of competition and, and we usually all know two, three, four, five people in a given field. So, um, so if it, if it went sideways, I kind of already have the, the two, three, four, five backups in my pocket, Yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, got it. That makes sense. Cause you've been doing this long enough. Right. So yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. But I, but I guess it's not, it's not really answering your, the, the point of your question is to help agents figure out how to prospect for new business. Um, I think, I think leveraging the relationships they already have. Hey, you work with Joe Smith at XYZ mortgage. Can he get you in front of some of the other loan officers in his office? Yeah. Because a, you know, a referral from somebody that you already know and trust, goes goes a long way in my opinion so like if i was to bring you in and introduce you to one of my colleagues there's a lot better chance of you having an effective conversation with that person than just coming in and dropping off donuts right yeah that's a good point um i wanted to get your take on on one more thing and you and i talked about it a little bit before um started this and um you know there's a lot of there's a lot of agents who will, I guess I don't want to say reward um, a, a loan officer for sending them something, but a lot of times they'll send a, a gift card or, um, you know, put them in a drawing for something or something along those, take them out to lunch, all that kind of stuff. And then there's a new thing that's been happening too, where, um, in order to start getting referrals from loan officers, some insurance agents will uh, generate like home buyer leads off of some sort of social media or Google or whatnot, and basically 
start handing those out to loan officers and say, Hey, you like these, you know, I'll keep sending them, but just send me all your, you know, all your referrals for these. Like, what's your take on that? Like, is that something that you would be interested in? Is, is that pretty commonplace where you feel like people are working with insurance agents because they're getting something out of it? Or, or would you say that it's, it's more your experience is that loan officers are working with insurance agents because they can get the job done and do it well? Yeah, good question. So that becomes a, a super touchy area because of the, uh, the compliance and regulation around financing, right? So um, we, can't, uh, we can't refer a customer anywhere, anywhere or steer them in any given direction um, in exchange for something of value. So that's where it becomes slippery. If it's, you know, I'll give you X lead, but I need X referral out of it. The, or, hey, you sent me a referral, here's a lead, that, that gets, it kind of becomes a, a very slippery slope from a compliance standpoint. However, we are able to mutually prospect together for leads. So if, if we're generating a lead, we're splitting the cost of that lead, and then the agreement is, is your, you're contacting them from an insurance standpoint, I'm contacting them from a lending standpoint, that works really well. Oh, I see. Okay. Now from the way that I like to work is, is I'm a, I'm a very big fan of local economy, right. And, and supporting local business. So I think a more organic way for that to work is, you know, I have, let's say you and and a couple of other trusted insurance partners and you have me and a couple of other trusted lending partners. So when I have a client that, that needs insurance, um, you're a local resource that I can, that I can refer to them. Yeah. And right. likewise, when you have a client that, that needs help with lending, you can direct them my way. And those two are no way correlated. It's not a this for that, or I sent you yeah, one, yeah. or I expect one. It's just as the need arises, we're, we're providing options for the clients and helping point them in, in the general right direction. Yeah. If that helps. Do you see that a lot in your industry? I, I hear about it a lot, you know, like agents giving, things for, I mean, not necessarily to get the, the referral, but kind of more as a thank you, you know, because it sounded like what you're talking about is you can't, I couldn't go to a loan officer and say, Hey, I'm going to give you a $25 gift card for every referral you send me or every deal I close from something you send me like that. It sounds like that's, uh, against RESPA, but is it, I don't know. I know you're not like the RESPA expert. <laughs> I'm just trying to like get an understanding of it. And I think it's helpful for, for anyone listening to this too. But is it okay if, if like just at random, I'll, I'd say like give that loan officer a gift card saying like, hey, thanks. Really appreciate it. You know, really appreciate you trusting us with your clients or whatever. So the, so from a compliance standpoint, we, we're not allowed to accept anything with a value of $5 or more. Right. So if you give me a, a $4 Starbucks gift card, technically that's fine. Right. But, but for me, um, to answer your question and, and, and to all the listeners, again, trying to figure out how do they, how do they connect with referral partners? For me, it's more about the client experience, right? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm getting paid to provide a service to my client. I don't need anything outside of that. Right. I just need to know that, that the partners that I have are, are taking care of my client. When I refer them to 
any given service that they're going to get taken care of well. Yeah. Um, now, joint marketing efforts, like I say, are, are a different thing, and that, and it does get very gray. There are a lot of people that, you know, loan officers that will have marketing agreements with real estate agents where technically they're marketing together, right? And yeah, sometimes that's the case, and sometimes it's it's a cover, right? But sure. Um, but I I do think if you're able to generate um, home buyer leads both for yourself and a lending partner, and it's something you can you can collectively do together and share the expense in that, I, I think it really makes you valuable. It's something that, that not a lot of others are offering. Interesting. So if you, can, if you can come and say, Brian, we know how to generate these leads. You know, the, the cost per lead is $5. You pay two and a half. I pay two and a half. That, that's a huge value add, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, is with that whole RESPA thing, do you ever see or hear of any um, loan officers getting in trouble? Um, I don't, but I, I don't, I don't get involved in it really. I just kind of, kind of stay in my world, my business. Yeah. Cool. I was but just it, curious. If... But the, the, the penalties are significant though. So it's, they are. it's worth, it's worth giving weight <laughs> for sure. Could you lose your license? Yes. Yeah. Uh, nice. Yeah. Mon monetary and yeah. So, it's, so it's, um, yeah, it's an area that I think most try to, well, most of the people I know try to stay away from. Yeah. But, but again, it's, it's very different from, from joint marketing, right? So that's, right, right. Um, you know, on our side, anything that I'm doing with any partner, yourself, a real estate agent, a title company, we're just figuring out collectively what the cost is, submitting it to our compliance department. And they say, great, Brian, you cover X, Josh, you cover X, and then, and then we're covered. And there's no compliance risk. Yeah, got it. But, cool. but ultimately, the, the reason for the rule is, is so that clients aren't being steered a, a specific direction um, that's not in their best interest. Sure. Like, you know, I'm sending to Joe at ABC Insurance Company because he sends me leads when really Josh is a better choice. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. So, we're, so we're trying to, trying to avoid that. Is yeah, that totally makes sense. The reason. Totally makes sense. Um, well, man, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. I think it's super helpful for people to kind of get an inside look and see what's important to actually a loan officer. We, I hear a lot of agents uh, talk about what is important to loan officers and what they would like. And so I was like, huh, why don't I just get a loan officer and like, <laughs> have a come? I appreciate from it. From them. Yeah, man. Yeah, um, absolutely. Well, again, thank you so much. Um, anybody, if you um, have stayed with us this long, Thank you so much for listening. And uh, Brian, thanks again. We will catch you guys next week.